0: Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts.
1: We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier you.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We're very excited to have you here today. We just finished a long series on the MBTI or Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. And we explored what the needs are of each different type and then also how that affects and how it integrates into your relationship with your spouse, other people, or even your children.
1: Yeah, I thought that was a really fun series to do. And we've actually had a lot of great feedback. So if you haven't already gone to our Facebook group and posted what your personality type is, we would love to see what you are. So in our Facebook group, you can go ahead and look at the linked test. And just screenshot your results where it shows the percentages, and then you can post that.
0: So today what we're going to be doing is what not to say in your marriage. And when you're in relationships, it can be very heated and tense sometimes, and that can cause us to express ourselves in ways that are not very helpful. And what I mean by that is that if we're struggling or stressed out or frustrated with our partner, we can say things that are adding fuel to the fire that can actually escalate the conflict and really derail the conversation from trying to solve a problem to now adding on an additional problem that makes it more complex. And so what we're gonna be talking about today are four things that you wanna steer away from.
1: And this is one of those things where it's really easy for us to talk about and share about what not to say in your marriage, but if it's something that you are consistently doing, it's gonna be very hard for you to carry it out because it's probably at this point become a habit And so you have to be really intentional about not saying these things. And I would even venture to say the things that we're talking about would even be helpful in other relationships to avoid altogether.
0: And the first one we're going to be talking about is the word whatever. Now, sometimes you can use whatever in a non-aggressive or in a gentle tone. Even then, it can be a little bit problematic where it's a non-committal tone. Now, I know this is one that I tend to use frequently and I try to curb it. But it is, again, just like you were saying, kind of an ingrained phrase or word. And so normally when I use it, it's like, oh yeah, whatever you want. As opposed to saying something along the lines of, oh yes, that sounds like a good idea, or I'm happy to do what you would like. Because when you get into the habit, even when you're using the word whatever in a gentle or nice way, it starts to become more of a part of your vocabulary. And then you're more likely to use it at a point of frustration or exacerbation. And the problem when you use it in that way is that it's, again, one of these terms that's adding fuel to the fire. So if you're upset in the middle of a conflict and you're like, whatever, whatever. What that's really doing is sending a signal to your partner that you don't care. And so if we jump back to the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, which if you didn't listen to that episode, jump back to that. It's four major categories that indicate that your relationship can be in a dangerous point. But if you go back to that episode, one of the things we talked about there is contempt. And when you're saying whatever to your partner in a mean or aggressive way, that's a way of showing contempt for them and showing contempt for what they're saying. Like, I just don't care about you or what you have to say. Now, a lot of times when people say whatever, they're not meaning to communicate that. But the problem with it is you're definitely leaving the door open for your partner to interpret it that way. And when you're trying to do effective communication, you want to close the door as much as you can to all the alternate ways that people can take what you're saying to funnel them to the path that this is what I'm trying to say.
1: So like Tim said, it's not bad to use whatever when you're talking about, hey, what do you want to eat? Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. But it becomes problematic when you're saying it to dismiss whatever your partner is saying. And then at that point, the discussion and the argument now is about your partner dismissing you and saying whatever or yeah, whatever as they walked away and ended the conversation or kind of shut down. Because then it's that pursuer-distancer relationship. One person says, yeah, whatever. They walk out of the room and the other person pursues them. And now they're not only angry about the original situation that they were discussing, but they're also angry about how dismissive that was or how frustrating it was that they walked out of the room and said whatever.
0: I think that's a totally good point. Now, I will say for everybody who's listening right now, If the conversation does get derailed from what you're originally talking about to now how the emotions have entered into the picture or the disrespect has entered into the picture, I do think it's important to note that you do need to handle those things first. When people are upset, when they're emotional, when they're hurt, when they're wounded, you need to talk through that and then go back to then talking about the subject at hand. It is getting you off track from the main subject, but if you don't handle that, if you don't manage or work through those emotions, then it's gonna make handling the original topic much more difficult and sometimes near impossible. So I know it can be frustrating for people, especially if you're like me, you're a J-type person where it's like you really wanna be linear in your processing and come to a solution before you move to another thing, but sometimes you just have to pause this one topic, jump onto this other topic, not a different problem, but talking about the emotions that are preventing us from solving this problem and then get back onto track after you've managed those emotions.
1: And so for each of these four things that we're going to talk about today on what to avoid saying to your partner, I want you to take a minute and think about when someone says whatever to you, what emotions and feelings come up for you. And like I just said before, I think this idea of whatever really is dismissive and it makes you feel unimportant, not seen, not valued, not heard. And all of that can make you really upset. And so if this is something that is just part of your regular relationship, this is definitely something you want to steer away from because it doesn't convey how important and how valuable your partner is. When they're asking you to do something and you say, yeah, whatever, it's not respectful and it's not showing that, you know what, I hear what you're asking of me and I want to meet your needs. It's saying, you've already told me that. I don't want to do that or that's not important to me, even if it's important to you. At its core, it's saying that what you just said to me isn't important, and I don't value you.
0: And if you're the person who's saying whatever to your partner, one of the reasons you may be doing it is because you're trying to exit the conversation quickly, or you're trying to indicate that you don't want to discuss this anymore. But a part of the problem with that is that you're actually building up the conflict for later. So even if your partner does allow you to say whatever to them, and then they are shut down for that moment, that conflict is going to be coming up later. And it's going to be coming up in a more hostile way later on. So if you're struggling with having this conversation with your partner and you just want to say whatever to try to exit it, just try to remind yourself that you're building up, you're stocking up more conflict for yourself later than if you just address it and try to work through it then and there.
1: And I think another situation where this happens often is when you're debriefing or discussing maybe an issue that you've already talked about. And this is something that is so helpful in relationships. You want to debrief arguments that you've had, conversations that you had, so you can figure out how can we approach that better next time. But I think if that's not a normal practice for you, it's easy to think the other person is just picking a fight or this is something we've already discussed, so why is she even talking about this or why is he even bringing this up? And it's easy at that point to say whatever. But there is so much value in talking through issues to completion, making sure that there's closure to that. And like we've talked about before on the daily dialogue tool, to then have a once a week discussion or initially daily discussion where you are reprocessing through things and you're recapping the week, the good, the difficult, and what your spouse needs. And so if your spouse brings something up and you feel like we've already discussed that, then that might be a sign that it hasn't been fully brought to closure for them, or they want to just kind of process it to figure out how to do it better in the future. Number two that we want you to intentionally avoid is saying shut up to your spouse. And like we said, this is probably a good rule in any relationship, right? Because it is very disrespectful. And once again, it's saying, what you are saying to me is not of value. I don't want to hear you through. And this is something that will just escalate the argument. If you've ever said shut up to someone in the past, what are the chances that they really have shut up? Or has it escalated and made them retort with something even worse and really caused tempers to flare?
0: Oh, I think that's a very good point because most of the time when people say to shut up, exactly what you described happened is probably most likely people are going to challenge that or come and attack the person verbally back from what they had said. So it's not something that's going to settle the conversation down a lot. It's kind of like the phrase calm down, right? How oftentimes do people calm down when they're told to calm down? I don't think that's a very common occurrence. And so one of the things to take into consideration is when you're using these statements or these words, how effective are they? And the likelihood is that they're very ineffective. And this is something I do sometimes when I'm getting frustrated. This is something I used to help me work through my pride is, if I continue to act this way, what is my relationship gonna look like in five years? And that's a way to humble myself and to stop myself and to think, well, it's probably not gonna be something very fun or enjoyable, so in this moment, even though it's hard, I'm going to bite my tongue for a second, rethink how I want to address this situation, and then try to proceed forward in a more healthy way. I don't always accomplish that, but that's always my end goal. And with that being my end goal, I'm more likely to veer towards that. And one of the things too is that, especially if you're not in a relationship yet, or you're in a young relationship, it's much easier to never let these words or phrases enter into your lexicon, as opposed to trying to then eliminate them. Because once you've started to do these things, you've set up this pattern of behavior, you've set up these neural networks and pathways that are very easy for your brain to just fall into that section, as opposed to if you've never created that neural pathway, you're not going to be following down that line. Now, you can prune and redirect and create new neural networks and pathways away from that, but that takes time and effort. And so when you're first starting off your relationship, you want to avoid them altogether. The next one you never want to say in your relationship is you're crazy. Now here's the thing, your spouse may be crazy. But then there's the other part of the equation where you may be the one making them crazy. And also, if you're throwing that out there, again, just like we said with the last thing, if you're saying somebody's crazy, how oftentimes does that really set the conversation up for success? And I can tell you the answer is probably never.
1: Right. They're probably not saying, oh, you're right. I am crazy. And then I should get
0: that checked out
1: (laughs) and then start to apologize or say what you want to hear after that.
0: Right. Because, again, you're triggering off their emotional response. And when they do that, when you're triggering off somebody's emotional response, you're decreasing their ability and the probability that they're going to be introspective, meaning looking at their own behavior. The more aggressive and attacking you are, the more they're thinking about what you're saying, how you're acting, as opposed to what they're thinking or what they're saying or how they're acting. And so part of the difficulty with any of these phrases is you're really taking the focus when you say it to your partner away from your partner's behavior that you're trying to address and you're focusing it onto your bad behavior. And so it kind of gives people this sense that they have a get-out-of-jail-free card. Now, I will say, one person's bad behavior does not justify another person's bad behavior. But if we're thinking about the whole human being, there's this logical part and there's this emotional part. And if you trigger off that emotional part by saying, whatever, or you're crazy, or shut up, or something along those lines, they're now only thinking about your bad behavior. And then you're not going to be able to get them to change something or move a different direction, which is your original goal probably when you're saying one of these things. I think another really interesting thing, and I kind of said it tongue-in-cheek, but there actually is some truth to this, is that when your spouse may be exhibiting some behaviors and People tell me all the time, my husband's a narcissist, my wife is borderline, or something along those lines. And they may very well be, but a lot of times those behaviors are really only exhibited with their partner. And when that's the case, that means that that behavior is not really a diagnosable thing. What really is the problem is the deeply negative or toxic interactions that are happening between the two partners, right? If someone's narcissistic or borderline, that's something you're gonna see across all different relationships. You're not just gonna see it in the marriage. If you see it only in the marriage, it's because there's some extraordinarily unhealthy dynamic. Now, I will say, it may not be all you making them crazy. This could be focused back to some of their own trauma, something from their childhood or previous marriage or something along those lines that you are then triggering off. So. If your spouse is acting kind of totally out of pocket, that's not necessarily all on you. But there is a factor where you need to stop and think, am I contributing or am I pressing this outlandish behavior from my spouse that I really don't like? Again, they're a human being and they have choices that they can make or not make. But there definitely is something to be said about, are we encouraging or drawing out this behavior by what we're doing?
1: And I think the bigger picture of this really is no name calling, right? When we shared the rules for fighting fair in the past, one of them was no name-calling. And, you know, you can plug anything in here. It doesn't have to be you're crazy, but I would steer away from anything like you're an idiot, you're crazy, you're stupid, you're just like your mother, you're such a child. All these things are not going to help the situation get better, and it just causes them to now defend why they're not crazy, why they're not stupid, why they're not an idiot, And you're no longer talking about the initial issue. So that's what happens with these things that we're saying to stay away from. It's detracting from the root issue. And then we don't get back to that and bring closure, bring true healing to some of the issues that we need. And so now there's a ton of things that are swept under the rug because of these phrases and these bad habits that are continually used. And I think part of it is remembering why you married this person. Why did you want to be with this person initially?
0: And I can almost guarantee the main goal was not to tear them down or treat them like garbage.
1: Right, and every time you say something like this, that's exactly what it does. And it doesn't fill up their tanks. It not only takes away from their tank, but it then causes resentment toward you because you're the one calling them this and saying this to them. And people want to be around people who make them feel good and make them feel valued. Why would your spouse want to be with you and stay with you if over and over and over again, they're constantly being beaten and battered with these words and these hurtful things? And so looking for every opportunity that you can to build up and add value to someone and to remember, why did I marry this person? And encourage the good things that you see in your spouse. And maybe you're at such a dark place in your marriage right now where you're like, I cannot think of any reason. But I would first go to what your mama used to tell you, right? Not to say anything if you don't have anything nice to say. And then I would look for even the smallest thing that you are thankful for and share that with them and encourage them. And the fourth thing to intentionally not say in your marriage is divorce. This isn't something that we use to threaten the other person or that we just throw around. Because a lot of times when you threaten divorce, It gets easier and easier to consider that an option. And you get one step closer and another step closer to that becoming the reality.
0: And this is something I talk to clients all the time about where you don't want to talk about divorce or separation unless that's something that's actually on the table. Now, a lot of times when people talk about this, they bring it up where they throw it out there, not necessarily because they themselves want a divorce or a separation, Mm -hmm. but because they're afraid or fearful that their partner is thinking it but just hasn't said it yet. And when you're talking about it a lot or when you bring it up a lot, you're starting to focus on that. And as you focus on that direction, you start actually moving that direction. And so the more you talk about it, the more you're creating that as a part of your reality. And so I always tell people, you don't want to talk about divorce or separation until you're slapping the divorce papers down on the table. And one of the things about it too is that if you're using it as a leveraging tool to try to get your partner to change, that's also going to create an artificial change in them, meaning that they're going to change because they don't want the consequence as opposed to changing because they want to stop hurting you or changing because they want to make you feel better, right? Getting a change in that direction is a much more healthy way. And so, like, for example, if you're like, hey, let's go to counseling, I'm not very happy in our relationship, and your partner's like, no, we don't need counseling or whatever, instead of saying, well, I'm going to divorce you if you don't go to counseling, you'd want to say something more in line with, listen, you saying no to counseling is making me feel not very valued. Even if you don't see a reason or benefit to going to counseling, I think it's something that I need for us to go. And then you can communicate in that way, where you're letting them know how their behavior is affecting you, but you're not giving them some type of ultimatum that's twisting their arm into going, right? Because if they then choose to go because they value you and you're important to them, And even if they don't see the reason for it, they're going to make you happy, then that's a much better motivation. I don't wanna hurt my partner or I wanna make them happy by doing this, as opposed to, oh my gosh, they're gonna divorce me. What does that mean for my life? Oh, that's scary, I wanna avoid that.
1: Yeah, and I wanna highlight something you said just a little bit ago about people bringing up divorce, not necessarily because that's what they want, but that's what they're afraid their partner wants. And when this gets put into motion, It takes someone actively trying to stop it to prevent it. But most of the time when we're in an argument, what happens is someone will say, well, why don't we just get divorced? Isn't that what you want? And the other person is now upset and mad that they even said that. And maybe the person just kind of shuts down and walks out of the room. And in that person's mind, they think, well, they didn't say no.
0: And this is something I think couples do a lot where they're speaking on behalf of the other person. And whenever I see that in session, I always then turn to the other person and say, Is that description or is what they're saying accurate about what you think or feel? And I'll tell you, 99% of the time, the other person says, no, that's not what I'm thinking or that's not what I'm feeling right now. And so there's this danger of speaking on behalf of somebody. But just what you're saying, I've had couples who got divorced because of pride in those types of situations. Someone says, well, let's just get a divorce. And the other person is prideful. And instead of saying, listen, that's not what I really want they then say, okay, well, if that's what you want. And so at this point, people are almost playing this game of chicken with each other. And believe me, this is not a game that is worth playing or a valuable game in any way, shape, or form. It's much better to lay down your pride in those situations saying, listen, I don't want a divorce at all. Are you telling me you want a divorce? And so then asking them directly, is this something you actually want? And then a lot of times when people have said those type of statements in an inflammatory way because they're really upset, but you ask them that direct question, Very frequently, they will back down from that and they'll say, well, no, I don't really want it. So there is just this danger of throwing that out there, especially if it's not something that you want. You can ask your partner and say, I'm worried you might want a divorce. And that's okay. You can ask that, but you don't want to throw it out there. I want a divorce or I know you want a divorce. That's not a helpful thing to do.
1: Oh, and I would totally agree with that because I've seen that in session because that week, you know, tempers flared and things were said and then they come into session and they tell me how they've been talking about divorce. And I ask them point blank just what you said, is this what you really want? And I would say for the most part, when they're calm and they're really thinking through who this person is to me, and what this marriage means to me.
0: And what divorce would mean.
1: Absolutely, what divorce would mean. Then they realize this isn't what we want. This isn't what I want. And so as you're having discussions and conversations with your spouse, We want you to just be more aware of these four things that we talked about today to intentionally not say in your marriage. So just a recap of what those four are. It's whatever, shut up, you're crazy or you're blank, whatever other negative thing. And number four, don't threaten divorce. If you could pop over into our Facebook group, And we want to hear what are some other things that you intentionally stay away from in your marriage, whether it's an overt rule or a covert rule, because there are definitely a lot of things to stay away from. But these were just kind of a starting place.
0: All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, We'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have a question or topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group, Mr. and Mrs. Therapy Podcast, and let us know.
1: Disclaimer. Although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. Please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at
0: 988 if you are contemplating suicide.